It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. All right, Talk LP Podcast time. It's Amber Bradley, your host. Thanks for joining us. Super excited to welcome our guest, Peter Che, CFI. He is Operating VP, if you don't know already, Operating VP of Asset Protection and Risk Management for Bloomingdale's. I read that because I wanted to get it right. <laughs> How are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here, Amber. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we were just kind of chatting, and I want to bring the audience in on this because it's so cool. Um, we're talking about, if you look at your background, and it is extensive with the different types of footprints and formats that you have experience with and LP roles. So that you were just saying that that was actually strategic, which I'm super impressed with. So talk a little bit about that, you know, from a strategic perspective and looking at your career and how you think that's helped you so far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I guess, I guess I'll just start from the beginning, you know, uh, just like I think most executives probably uh, in the past, we, we all started into this as a uh, kind of a part-time gig or, uh, you know, in my case, it was a uh, is it was in college and it was an old girlfriend of mine that really pushed me to get a part-time job so we can go on a cruise. Okay, so I haven't heard that before. I've heard the, oh, I just fell into it, but I love this. I'm loving it that it was actually a chick that got you into it. Yeah, it was kind of peer pressured into a <laughs> part-time job and, uh, you know, I was looking through the, uh, the, the ads and classifieds and saw a position for a, uh, a loss prevention officer over in uh, this company called Tops Point City, which is, of course, now defunct and it kind of a precursor to the Best Buy, the Hardlines Electronics Appliance uh, Retailer, regional retailer in the Northeast. And so I applied there and, uh, you know, interviewed and was hired by, uh, by a, a gentleman named Al Tariq, he was a security manager. Uh, and, uh, you know, from there, uh, I was able to um, really learn the, the ropes, you know, uh, the, a lot of the foundational uh, loss prevention security practices, you know, whether it's auditing, physical security, um, just making sure uh, the investigations piece. So as I moved through that company, um, it got to a point where I said, you know what, I think I've accomplished as much as I could here. Um, you know, I really would like to, to, to look at other verticals and, and other uh, types of, of business within the retail environment. So, you know, I was in a hard lines environment for, for several years. So I said, you know what, let me, let me try soft lines. Let me get my hand in the, in the soft lines uh, venue, so. Which is really courageous. You know, when you think about you saying, look, okay, I'm in this realm, I'm doing these roles, but I want to broaden my, because a lot of times when people are changing jobs like that or roles, especially into a new footprint, it's like, whoa, this is scary. Talk about out of your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it's all about. It's like, you've got to challenge yourself and get out of that comfort zone. And, you know, I learned uh, very early on that, uh, you know, I can get very stagnant if you stay in one place and you, you, know, you get comfortable. So I decided to try my hand in the soft lines uh, uh, arena and I really uh, loved it and, and you know, spent a lot of time in the specialty uh, uh, arena, just really honing my, my, my soft skills, so to speak, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my influencing ability, my interviewing ability, you know, you do a lot of interviews in the, in the, uh, in the specialty realm. So I uh, did all that. And then I think uh, after a few years of doing that, I, I really ventured into the uh, bigger box uh, discounter, supply chain, automotive industries, again, branching out, learning different verticals, learning different aspects of different businesses, um, just looking at uh, pharmacy, grocery, uh, food, um, you know, DIY, DIFM, right? So do it yourself, do it for me, you know, the commercial business, 
the, the retail business, the wholesale business. So just learning all those channels and that background can give me a little bit more of a holistic uh, um, understanding of, of, of you know, how loss prevention, asset protection, or in that case, security back in the day, really could impact those, those, uh, those arenas and those businesses uh, effectively. So yes. That's, yep. that's um, you don't see that a lot. I know we were just talking about this because you're look, if you look at your background, it's kind of like the perfect ascent, you know, up to the position that you're in now. And I know a lot of our listeners are kind of like, how does that happen? You know, because you see it in kind of two different ways. One where it's all different various experiences or one where they're inside the company kind of working their way up. So compare contrasting those two ideals in the way you went, you know, with all the different environmental things. Like um, what, what would you say are some of the, the best positive outcomes that came out of that? Where you strategically said, I'm going to try my hand at all these different things. Well, you know, certainly with all the different uh, the different avenues that I've I've been able to uh, to be involved in, um, each experience has been, you know, first of all, just a tremendous one for me from a learning perspective, and that has helped me enable or enabled me to help me uh, really uh, get a, a broader understanding. So when I went into the next, uh, um, you know, scenario or the next uh, challenge, I was able to bring that kind of filed away like in a Rolodex. You know, I had a, I'm dating myself a Rolodex. <laughs> I know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> and, and really just trying to um, take that information and how do I leverage that in that current responsibility and role I have to be able to be more effective. You know, and as I, and I moved on to different, uh, again, scenarios, different challenges, uh, that has helped me, um, you know, just kind of draw from that background, draw from that experience to, to really enable me to propel me to, to, move in a, in a, you know, with greater urgency, with greater speed and understanding and really convince a lot of folks because it does build a lot of credibility. Oh yeah. But when you have that background and you can speak that speak to, yeah. uh, to others, you know, you know, and then they're kind of, you know, uh, mesmerized by the fact, well, why do you, why do you know that? Oh, yeah. I, I saw your background. Now I know why you know that. Yeah. Uh, that's been effective for me. And a good way not to be pigeonholed into yeah. security really, which is a good point for our audience, right? Um, if you're thinking about, especially in this time, you know, diversifying yourself, this comes up a lot, you know, people that have, are looking for new, their new opportunity, whether they're currently employed or, or looking, it's like, that's scary, right? Um, so talk to that a little bit, like, what was within you, do you think, I'm a big, like, grit fan, like I'm a big like, okay, I was, I was a college athlete, you know, I have to get that in every time, but there is a component of stay or go, be stagnant or not. And you're clearly a guy that's like, no, I'm going, which is cool. But speaking about that, like, what do you think in your, um, what do you think our audience needs to find within them to do that? I know it's kind of a fluffy question, but I think a lot of people might be asking that right now. Well, I mean, certainly, I think there's um, there, there's 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 risks that you can take, and then there's more calculated risks that you can take. And the more data and more information, and the more research you do uh, about a particular organization, a particular area that you want to learn a little bit more about, that'll help you guide you and guide you in the right direction and, and where you want to go, or at least make it a little bit easier for you to make that decision. And I and I think you know, and as a, as I looked at these other positions and these other companies, the first and foremost, I. I wanted to make sure they were one of the one of the uh, the, the companies that uh, you know were strong from a uh, P and L uh, and you know overall 
business perspective, but also, you know, what can I learn? You know, what, what leaders were in place in those organizations that, uh, that I really respected and wanted to learn from? Uh, and what process did they have? What are they known for? Right. Um, That's good. So I really, I really took a look at, you know, several different places when I decided to move on and make sure I made, you know, and again, were they all the right choices? I would think so, but you know, there were other things that were out there that I could have chosen. And I think just based on the, uh, based on all the um, prep that I think I did and a lot of the planning I did, I looked at it and go, well, you know, this is a combination of a successful business. There's a great leadership team in place. And by the way, I'm going to learn a lot from this particular organization that can help me further along in my career. So it's really taking that calculated risk versus just a leap, leap of faith. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and you couple that with kind of that, you know, you gotta get over, it's like uh, if, you're, if you're on that diving board and you're up, you know, 20 feet up and you're at the edge of that diving board and you say you wanna, you know, when you jump and you look down and you go, well, maybe I made a wrong decision here. Uh, <laughs> you, know, but you, just have to, you just have to have the courage build up. You know, and, and just take that, uh, you know, take that uh, dive off. Um, but again, if, if, you, if you know that the water is, you know, X amount deep and then you're not going to get hurt and you're going to land, you know, not on your back, uh, you know, all those calculations are, are correct, then you got a better chance and it'll help with your, your, your courage. And I think it'll make it easier for you to make the decision. So you talk about leadership, right? And then, you know, in this calculated risk, looking at the leadership, of where you would be going, right? So talk a little bit about through your career, what you think some leadership, either methods or lessons or whatever, like what did you look for? And then also as a leader now in your position, what do you make sure that you're, you know, top things? That's two loaded questions, but curious. Yeah, I, you know, I, I live by like, uh, really of what I call the four B's and it's ironic because I work for the biggest B, Bloomingdale's. <laughs> so, you know, this is way before I joined Bloomingdale's, but it's just something that I, I always kind of held myself accountable to. And I think the first one is really be here now. Um, and I think, you know, that, that really is being, being present, being, being there, being a very good listener, making sure you understand. So when you're talking and having a conversation with somebody, you're not typing. You're not doing something different. You're, you're, you know, you're completely there in the moment. I, I think being genuine—that's something that I, I've seen over my years in this business. Uh, I've seen uh, people that were very genuine, and people that uh, were not so genuine, right? And I, and I think you know, you can see, clearly see the difference, and you can see where folks, uh, you know, and 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 how they how they lead. Um, and again, this is not just this is more of a a general you know a generalization. But I think, you know, the more genuine you, you, you come across, I, I think the, the, you know, with yourself as well as, well as with others, I think then you're going to you're gonna have a better approach and a better, I think, overall credibility, you know, uh, to, your, to your characteristics and your persona to everybody else. You're going to convey that. And I think when you look at, um, you know, everybody's human, right? Everybody's got strengths uh, that they can leverage, but everybody's got opportunities too. And I think the, the thing that to, to, to understand is that you've got to acknowledge those opportunities. You've got to acknowledge those things that you, you're not so great at, you know, you're working on, but you're not so great at in the moment. And, and I think being genuine with that with yourself is important. And then just making sure you have that, you know, really that, uh, that uh, strategy or you forge a way to create a, uh, a path for you to work on those opportunities, I think is important. Um, and then I think um, being humble is, 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 a, is a huge one. 
I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that one. I think, you know, you're coming across an AP, LP folks, you know, sometimes we like to talk a lot. We like to get a little bit, what? you know, because <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, we know everything, right? So yeah. uh, you got to stay in front of things. So um, I think being humble is, is, is just is, is so, so uh, important, you know, just listening, asking questions and learning. That's really key. And then, and then really the last one is be generous. Um, I, I think that's one that, you know, as, as you go through all the things that you've, you've experienced in life and in, and in career, I think you have an opportunity to pay it forward. And, and I think uh, giving back to those that, that were maybe in your position uh, prior uh, and, and maybe becoming a mentor, becoming a feedback partner, uh, you know, doing those things where you can give back to those that are not quite there where maybe they want to be where you are currently. I think that's important because I think that that's really where the rewarding uh, uh, experience comes in for, for folks and including myself that I, I feel like I, I watch people grow. I watch people develop and that really uh, that warms my heart. It makes me feel good that I had a part in their, their growth and their, you know, in their development. So I, I think just giving back is huge. So you talked a little bit about self-awareness and, and, you know, being able to be genuine and, and it does take a lot to understand your own opportunities. As you've progressed through your career, what are some things that helped you do that? It's not always easy, right? Especially when you're younger and you get that boss that's giving you feedback. And, and you know, I remember when I was like immediately defensive, like, what? No, I am the best employee you've ever seen, right? And then as you get older, you start to understand yeah, had I taken that advice to heart earlier, it might have helped me throughout my career. But so, so what do you think is the best way at like up and comers, you know, maybe those divisional, regionals, managers, whatever the title is, um, to get that feedback so they can really excel in their career? And then I'll, then I'll ask you the same question, but like for your level. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you're new to the business or you're, or you're, you're starting off, I, I think the key thing is, uh, don't wait for feedback. Ask for feedback. You know, take the initiative, ask for feedback. There, some people don't uh, always just offer up feedback. You know, I mean, some great leaders, obviously they do, but some don't. And, you know, we all, we all work for folks that maybe are, don't have that as a, as, a, um, as a strength of theirs, right? So you have to actually approach it and, and, uh, and ask and solicit feedback uh, on your own. And I think that's important because if uh, if, if you think you're doing something and, and you're thinking you're going in the right direction and you don't get any feedback, whether or not validating whether you're not doing that or not you're doing it right or wrong, uh, I think it's, it's going to hurt you down the road. And I think uh, for somebody to say, hey, hang on a second, you know, you're, you, know, you may be going in the wrong direction, we need to course correct here. I think that's important. And, and I think if you don't be the one that initiates and, and solicits for feedback, uh, I think you, you miss an opportunity. So I think that's huge for folks that are just starting out, you know, they, they, the other thing I think everybody probably calls out is this business is such a holistic business now where there is no, there is no LP, AP specifically, right? You've got to understand the overall business. Um, if you don't understand that we're a support mechanism to the overall business, then, uh, then that's half the battle that needs to be, uh, needs, needs to be fought for us to win, right? So I think that's important to, to understand um, that, that as a new person coming on board in this particular field, and it's a challenging environment because they're all, it's a lot more complex than it used to be in the past, right? So I think uh, understanding the overall business, how they, building those relationships, collaboration, you know, really, tr really having those partnerships established 
whether they're internal or external, with your business partners, with your team, that's that's key because it's not a singular. It's not, you know, it's not. It's a it's a team effort. It's not a singular effort that uh, you know that makes you successful. You've got to have people around you that's going to help you, and uh, whatever level you're at. You know, it's interesting. I you know we interview a lot of executives on this podcast, and most of the most successful ones, which I don't think we've interviewed anyone that isn't successful, but they all have some sort of team atmosphere, right? It's very much like, oh, you surround yourself with amazing people. You know, you don't have anyone at your level um, that's doing a great job that says, well, it's all me. I mean, it's, it's me, everything we do. So, so we've kind of touched around it, but you think about um, any, any advice or specific LP challenges or anything that you would say, if I could tell my 25 year old self this um, going up through the ranks and noting that you clearly had a strategic path that you were kind of following on your career path, but what would that be? I mean, is it, is it as tactical as, Hey, that, you know, unknown loss number is a real gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Or, or is it more broad? Well, I, I think it's uh... I think it starts at a broader level because again, like I said, the macro environment is, is so different now than just a year ago, than 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, it's much more complex. It's much more, um, what was, what's the word I would, I, mean, I don't want to talk about politics, politically correct, I think <laughs> would, be the, would be the only way I can, I can, I can say. But I, I think it's, you know, I think it's, it, it really necessitates the need for uh, executives to, uh, and pyramid heads in, in asset protection loss prevention to be a lot more nimble and be able to pivot quickly uh, to all these things that are, that are happening. I mean, we're wearing multiple hats now. I don't think there is one asset protection director or, or vice president or executive that really is truly just looking at theft mitigation and shortage uh, uh, deterrence or, or shortage prevention. I think they're looking at crisis management. They're looking at business continuity. They're looking at the COVID health and safety, physical security, all the other things that are related now, I, I think it's, it's, it's product safety. Um, there's, a, there's a lot out there that I think uh, a lot of executives are dipping their hands into now that they, they didn't before. And the thing that I, I, if I was 25 years ago, 25, 25 years of age again, I think the, the thing that I would tell myself really would be, um, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? I think, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes, everybody make, you know, has failures. Um, but if you don't make those mistakes, you don't have those failures or the experience failure, I think uh, you end up uh, not really learning or growing. You know, and I, I think a lot of people, sometimes they dwell on disappointment. Um, you know, they spend time really regretting things. And, and, you know, I think I look at it a little bit more as, okay, if I make a mistake or I've got a, I've got not a failure here, I look at it as a window of opportunity, right? How do you, how do you stay positive? How do you stay uh, you know, optimistic and say, you know what, I'm going to learn from this mistake. I'm going to move on. And as a 25, as a 25 year old, I think I didn't always think that way, right? I mean, if you yeah. look at it and go, oh my gosh, I, I failed. I made a mistake. And you're down and yeah. you know, beer or whatever, right? And then you just kind of you, you drain it out. But but I think as you get older uh, and you get more experience, you realize that it's more common, and that's okay. By the way, you know, it's not something that uh, that you know you get scolded for. It's something yeah, you might get a little. A little pushback here and there, but at the end of the day, you know, if you don't make the same mistake twice, I think you're okay. I mean, yeah, I think it's true. Not gonna make the same mistake twice. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're not learning and you keep making the same mistake, that might be a different conversation that you're having. <laughs> but okay, so thinking about, you know, professional development along the way, um, and I know this is a passion for you, and you're very involved in LPRC and um, some of those other fantastic initiatives out there in the loss prevention space. But talk a little bit about, you know, professional development, and um, especially in this time, in these new times, whatever. Um, Talk a little bit about that and what you find to be, you know, really um, important to you. Clearly you have your CFI, which is awesome. Um, but talk a little bit about that. Well, I think, you know, professional development is, is, is so important to not, you know, not to remain stagnant, right? I, I think there's always room for opportunity to learn, to grow, whether it's, um, you know, uh, on paper, whether it's, you know, through certifications, whether it's through formal education, uh, whether through its uh, participation or, uh, uh, you know, involvement and engagement in different groups, um, all those things, networking with peers, um, those are all opportunities to grow. Mentorships, feedback partners, all those things. And, and if we don't take advantage of those, or, you know, we see an opportunity where we don't take advantage of it, I think there's a big miss there. And I think, uh, you know, the challenge I, I have for, for my team and, um, you know, folks out there is, is really just, you know, find somebody that you, that you trust, somebody you feel good with, you know, right off the bat. If it's not an organization that you can be involved in right away or you don't feel comfortable with because you feel like you don't have enough experience, there's a lot of things out there. You know, LP Foundation, there's all kinds of things that can help you learn formally a lot of those, a lot of the aspects of this business. But I think it's more uh, more prudent right off the bat, because anybody can do this, is really find somebody like a feedback partner. And again, it doesn't have to be a mentor. I think mentor, the word mentor sometimes scares people. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm committed to a mentor. I'm yeah, it's like, oh, I don't need something else to do. Yeah, it's somebody that can pick up the phone. Remember the days when we actually picked up the phone and called people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can actually touch base with people and say, hey, you know, I just need your advice. And I think that's so important nowadays that, that sometimes we lose that connection. And that's something so simple that's out there that's available to everybody that we don't always take advantage of. And I, and I think, you know, everybody looks at it formally. Well, I need to get this LPC certification. Or I need to get the CFI or CPP or you know, I need to join this organization or be involved in this. And that's all great, and I think it's important to do so. But also, I think there's also the, the, the easier things to do that everybody has access to now that they should leverage. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really uh, more critical than ever, you would think, um, especially as, as you've demonstrated throughout your career, kind of, like you said, knowing all of these different things, different pockets of um, knowledge as you've gone through. I won't put you on the spot to say which one, which was the hardest environment. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about um, all of the different things, was there, is there anything you could pick out that was like really surprising, right? I mean, if you went from, you know, the luxury brand that you're in now from Home Depot, which is, I don't know, I, I told Scott Glenn, I don't know how you guys deal with, I don't know, a bazillion SKUs, right? And yeah. that, so, so, I don't know, anything, that stands out to you is to say, man, that one thing was like a shock to me moving into that environment from an LP perspective. Yeah, I, I will tell you, and this is probably the, probably most people would think this is, you know, a surprise to them because, you know, the Home Depot's of the world, the Target's of the world, you know, very, they're fantastic companies. You learn a lot, um, you know, and the business is very similar to a lot of other businesses I've been in. The one business though that I, I, I think I had the least knowledge of and uh, had the most uh, um, most time needed to acclimate to was believe it or not, advanced auto parts. 
Um, you know, it's just learning that I, I'm not a car guy. <laughs> That's the first thing, right? And I get, you know, it's, it's merchandise, it's, you know, the widgets, they're, they're things that you just have to count and you have to make sure you, you protect. But it's just understanding the dynamic of how our, at the time, our customers really interacted uh, and uh, whether they were commercial customers, you know, the, uh, the folks that ran garages and ran shops and mechanics versus your DIY customer, the typical retail customer that comes into a store and purchases an air filter or an oil filter or something like that. And it's just really understanding the different intricacies with that type of product and how the, 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 um, the commercial end of it is so, um, it's, it's a much more complex than people think it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just satisfying that customer is, is, was always a challenge. And, and listen, advanced and the other retailers, the auto zones, I mean, they do it well, but you know, it takes a lot of time to be able to get to that point where you're, you really do a good job there. And, and I think for me, uh, eventually, you know, you understand the dynamic dynamics of the whole thing, but that took me the, the longest to really understand fully, you know, globally, like what that was all about versus, you know, whether it's a contractor or a professional at Home Depot, you know, or supply chain or whether yeah. you know, the pharmacy or, you know, food. That, to me, that wasn't as, as uh, challenging to me as, as the auto, automotive parts, believe it or not. That yeah, is. that is surprising when you yeah. think about it, for sure. Um, and probably surprising because it's like the most little known about, you know, industry, right? But um, I think it's me. I think for everybody else, it would be simple. I think for me, though, just because I wasn't a car guy, <laughs> that's one of those calculated risks right <laughs> okay last I'm question i'm a triple a member for a reason yeah yeah right right me too me too okay last question and this is for all the solution providers out there um i kind of asked my my uh folks this uh just because it's trying to help everybody that's what we are we're equal opportunity help here at talk lp um so what advice would you give for solution providers um you know, just in general, right? If they're trying to hit you up for getting an appointment or sending you something, like how to, what's going to get your Peter Che's attention? Yeah, you know, first off, I think retailers and solution providers, third-party entities, I mean, we're, we all have to take a collaborative approach. We're all in this together, right? So I think we're all trying to get a, you know, have a common goal, uh, really need to support each other. Um, I, I think the key thing here is taking the time for each entity to understand, whether you're a solution provider or you're a retailer, to understand each other uh, and find really you know common grounds on how to execute the best solution to uh, to to what the, the problem is, right? Yeah. And I think what that means it's putting aside our kind of our individual agendas for a moment, placing ourselves in each other's shoes, you know, just kind of walk a mile, right? In the solution provider, walk a mile in the retailers. And uh, I think from the retailer's perspective, from my perspective, you know, I'm looking for the most cost-effective, reliable solution for the problem that I have, right? Um, you know, I, I don't need somebody to try to sell me what I don't need uh, and just, just really just let me know if you have a viable solution or not. That's really key. Otherwise, we're wasting everybody's time, right? And from a solution provider's perspective, you know, I would ask the retailer, hey, don't make the request unrealistic, right? Um, uh, or That's a good lesson. Or, or, or unreasonable. Don't think that we're magicians, right? We can't just, you know, do something right out of thin air. And, you know, as a solution provider, we're trying to establish a long-term relationship. Oh, and by the way, you know, we're trying to drive some revenue in the process, right? Yeah. Kind of money. So I think just to sync up with these expectations in advance, uh, that can help really facilitate a productive and, a, and effective 
uh, kind of discussion. And, and again, because everybody's time is precious and nobody wants to go down the road and then find out, you know, two, two, three meetings later, three, four weeks later that it's not a fit. Yeah, the it's honesty, more. right? I mean, if you're trying to do the whole square peg round hole, it's just not going to work. So, you know, don't try to then sell you on why you do need it <laughs> when you're already like, I got it, we're good. Yeah, those are really good points for sure. Well, Peter Che, thank you so much for stepping into Talk LP podcast land. Don't forget, audience, to download the Talk LP news app. It's constantly updating with breaking news headlines, and you can access these podcasts, which is like a double win win win. It's a triple, that would be a triple. Thanks for listening. We will talk at you soon. We out. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.